Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DFS, DGen Nation, what is up, what is happening, back again for another week, we are on to week three, we have the Panthers and Texans at a, a shootout right now, 17-9, to and what could be called a bloodbath with Christian McCaffrey getting hurt, JC Horn getting hurt, DJ Moore getting hurt, there's just been one after another, not a good night for the Panthers, but we're not here to talk about that, I'm joined as always with my Excellent co-host, Matty D. You can find him on Twitter at MattyDFS. What is up tonight, Matty? Dude, I you know, I almost didn't want to jump on because this game is so good. Like, I, I was just entrenched in my TV and was like, I don't know if, if I should tell Kev, you know, like, hey, I got to watch the rest of this game. But no, th- th- this game has not been good. Uh, took took the Panthers and uh, Survivor this week, so trying to trying to hold on to that. Uh, that's the only thing really that, that looks good tonight, uh, considering that CMC injury. But I mean, it, you know, we talked about it in our in our Discord uh, earlier today that you know playing CMC in the captain spot on, you know, on a slate like this where he's going to be forty to fifty percent owned in captain spot, uh, and he just locks you into a specific roster build. Uh, you know, that's that's the kind of you know game theory we talk about all the time, just trying to be different from the field, and it's probably going to pay off. You know, for if if you have DJ Moore in the captain spot and and did not play Christian McCaffrey there, so. Um, we'll, we'll drop some more, some more roster nuggets like that on, on hopefully on this week three slate. No, for sure. And, uh, I guess it is good news. DJ Moore is back in the game. So, uh, I guess yeah, it looked like he just slipped and hit his knee weird on the ground. Hey, there's a Robbie Anderson catch for you. Uh, it looked like he slipped and hit his knee weird on the ground when he was trying to block on a play that was on the other side of the field. I don't know what was going on there, but well, that is good news. Cause I have Robbie Anderson on my team that's looking it's in the top 150 right now uh, on DraftKings so let's go. uh we'll see how that turns out anyways let's enough of that people don't want to hear about people don't want to hear about the showdown uh so let's jump right into it. week three you know I mean if we look at last week right now uh you know we had I think there were some really good games the the Vikings and Cardinals game which is a game we really talked a lot about last week uh you know especially with uh Kirk Cousins and but there was also a lot of hype for that Chargers and yeah, Dallas game, which did not go off. And we're gonna uh, talk about that game. Yeah, 20 to 17. And so, you know, this week is uh very similar where you got some really high uh high price games or high total games in there. You have the Tampa Bay LA game, which is 55 and a half. You have the the Chiefs game, which is also right there at 55. Um, you also, I mean, even have like the the Arizona game, which is at 52 right now. So, I mean 
we'll see how, how this all plays out. But, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about, about targets for these games is that, you know, understanding the risk that you have with, you know, with the, when the games don't go the, the way that you expect them to, because, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of exposure to Dak and Herbert and, you know, uh, Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. And, you know, a lot of those players that they didn't really pay off that with that. Well, where you have this game, this Tampa LA game, which is the highest total on the slate. And, I mean, if you remember this game last year, it wasn't that great. Like, I think Brady only had, like, 15 fantasy points in that game, DK points in that game. So, while on paper, it looks like it could shoot out, but these are still two really good defenses. And so, I think, you know, this game could go any other direction. Yeah, and uh, I took a very brief look at ownerships before we hopped on, and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup check in at number one and number three in terms of wide receiver ownership this week. So, uh, I mean, we know where the ball's going in L.A. and Tampa Bay's a pass funnel, but it's going to come down to how much do you really like this L.A. offense in this spot because they're going to be popular. Um, so we'll, we can talk about it. But, yeah, I mean, I think touching on that that Chargers-Dallas game from last week is very important as well because this Chargers defense is playing uh, – they're purposely playing too high safety to limit the big plays over the top, and they're keeping everything – you know, underneath. And so I, yes, I know that, you know, Tyreek can burn anybody, but I mean, he just got shut down last week as well uh, in a, in a team against Baltimore who made an effort to, uh, you know, double cover him down the field. Uh, and, and really it was Travis Kelsey that, that had to do the damage underneath and one-on-one matches matchups elsewhere, you know, with like Demarcus Robinson uh, and Byron Pringle. So uh, we have seen, you know, good running back success against the chargers through two weeks. Uh, Antonio Gibson has crushed them in week one and uh, Dallas, both Dallas running backs played fairly decent. You know, Pollard went over hundred yards last week. So we'll talk about CEH cause he's going to be popular too. But um, yeah, I, I think some of these games can be a little trappy uh, for various reasons. So I'm curious to hear where you're, where you're at um, at QB. Yeah, let's just start right into it. So you have Kyler Murray, who is right now on just a record-setting pace, much like he was last year where he was going to break everything uh, through two games. And then you have at 8,300, you have Patrick Mahomes at 8,200. Lamar Jackson at 7,800 in a juicy matchup against Detroit. Russell Wilson playing Minnesota, 7,600. Josh Allen, who has not looked very much like Josh Allen, at least the Josh Allen that he was last year so far to start the season at 7K. Tom Brady at 6,800. Herbert at 6,500. So you can look at that a little bit as a value. And then you also have uh, Matt Stafford at 6,400, Kirk Cousins at 6,300, Tanhill at 62, and Baker Mayfield to start out at 6K. So for me, I think, you know, really starting out like, you know, uh, Mr. Obvious here, but Russell Wilson looks like, uh, you know, one of the, uh, an elite play this week and, and a matchup that should shoot out. But again, you know, uh, not going to put all my eggs in that basket, but I mean, this, this offense has looked just as good as it did starting last year, you know, just like it was last year where it really was, you know, running on all cylinders as well. Um, him and Tyler Lockett continue to just torch worlds. And I think in, in this matchup here against Minnesota, you know, Minnesota is going to be forced to throw. And also again, for Minnesota, I mean, it's looking like Dalvin Cook may not play. He has not practiced each of the first two games or first two days of practice this week. And so if he's out, I think then they really are going to have to really open up the ball or open up the, uh, open up the offense and throw the ball more. So I really like Russell Wilson at 7,600. I think Justin Herbert is definitely in play. There's a lot of questions with this Chiefs offense right now because they just look – or excuse me, their defense has just been exposed the first two weeks of the season. They can't stop the run. Even, you know, uh, through the air, uh, you know, the first week they didn't have uh, Honey Badger – 
but last week he was there. Now he did have the interception uh, for a, a pick six in that game, but still, I mean, they were kind of doing what they really wanted to. And, you know, I'll say this with Justin Herbert, um, he's been just a little unlucky. He's had, he's had some touchdowns called back that he should have had. And so he's just been really unlucky so far to start the year, which has kind of suppressed him a little bit, but at 6,500 in a game that has shoot, really shootout potential. And listen, every time the chiefs play, they have that potential. I'm not, that's not breaking news to anybody, but this offense just puts pressure on you to keep scoring and to, you know, go for it on fourth down and do whatever you can to kind of keep the ball moving. So uh, I, I like Justin Herbert at 6,500. I don't think his ownership is going to be too crazy because of the other guys that are on this slate. Um, Daniel Jones, $5,800. You never feel good. Do you ever feel good playing Daniel Jones? I don't Absolutely think so. Absolutely not. But Daniel Jones at 5,800 in this matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta has one of the worst, if not the worst, secondary in all of football. They're really, really bad. And now we're mixing in the fact that Daniel Jones is getting to carry the ball so much. I think last week he had 10 carries for 95 yards, um, You know, almost had a touchdown, and which was called back to penalty. But Daniel Jones has played really well so far to start the year. And at 5,800, I mean, it, so far, he, had, he hasn't scored less than 20 DK points, 22 in week one against a really good Denver defense. And then he also put up 29, almost 30 against Washington uh, last week. So I like Daniel Jones. I know you don't feel good playing him. I think the question is, like, who do you play him with? Right. Like I think Sterling Shepard makes some sense if you want to do that, um, you know, and possibly uh, Kenny Galladay as well. I guess we could talk about that. when We get to wide receivers. But Dale Jones at fifty eight hundred is going to be really hard to pass up, you know, and then past that, like if you really want to go deep, like I don't know. Like I think, you know, Justin Fields for sure is going to be in play at fifty two hundred because of his rushing floor that he brings to the table. And so I, I definitely, but I'm curious to see what his ownership is going to come in at 5,200. I think there's, he's going to carry some ownership in this game against Cleveland. And, you know, Cleveland's defense is good, but um, I, I don't think it's something that you should be necessarily, you know, you know, too afraid of. And then there's one other guy that Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence has not played well so far to start the year, but Arizona's secondary is horrendous. It is really really bad. And so if you want to get a little bit of leverage, $5,500 Trevor Lawrence, he has a little bit of rushing upside. We haven't seen as much as we, I think we thought we were going to, but in week one, I mean, he had 25 DK points week one last week, not so much, but again, he was playing that Denver defense when they only had eight DK points, but I don't mind targeting Trevor Lawrence. If you're wanting to pay up at other spots and maybe take some shots at some of these other games, you know, like the Tampa Bay game, or the Chiefs offense, you know, you want to put in Kelsey at tight end or whatever. Like, I don't mind doing that as a cheap stack. Yeah, I like Lawrence. He's actually one of the quarterbacks that I'm looking looking to play this week. And and I'm, you know, me, I'm limited to a three to five team pool on any given week. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the price that he has is too cheap. He does have the rushing upside. He hasn't shown the attempts yet, but um, he does have it. You know, he showed it in college and he flashed it a little bit last week with, with 21 rush yards on only two two attempts. So. Um, I definitely like him. And I mean, while I do like Kyler Murray on the other side of that game, uh, he pretty much, Kyler pretty much hit his ceiling last week. Um, and at his price tag of 8,300, if he were to do the same thing, it's not, it's not necessarily going to burn me if I don't play him. I mean, he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns through the air and also ran for 31 yards and had a rushing touchdown and scored 38 DraftKings points at 8,300. I mean, Sure. That, yes, that's pretty much what he has to do for you to have a shot to take down tournaments. But, um, 
I mean, it's also not going to kill you if you don't play him. So Kyler's just kind of in no man's land for me with that price tag. Um, I do love him. I think you absolutely can play him. Uh, you know, those running backs don't really show us, you know, a lot to be confident in. Uh, Chase Edmonds a little is a little bit better than Connor, but I mean, that's not two guys you're just going to turn around and hand the ball off to. So that offense is definitely going to roll through Murray on a weekly basis, just like it has through through two weeks. And you mentioned that that defense isn't very good. So, uh, you know, the Jag, the Jags should be able to push him on the other side. But if the Jags are pushing him on the other side, let me save 3K and just play Trevor Lawrence, who has, you know, 25 to 30 drafting point upside uh, for 3K less. So definitely like the Trevor Lawrence call. Um, you can play Russell Wilson anytime. I love Lamar Jackson this week uh, against Detroit. If, if Gus Edwards and um, J.K. Dobbins were healthy, this would be probably a little bit different story for me. But the fact that they're not, they're not just going to turn around and lean on Latavius Murray and uh, Tyson Williams the entire game. I know they want to run a lot with them, but it, it, these guys just aren't as productive as the starters would be. So, um, you know, we are going to see more. You continue to see Lamar run a lot, uh, especially when, you know, the pocket breaks down. And when teams rush them and this Detroit Lions defense is really, really bad. We saw the 49ers put up, you know, 40 points against them week one and, and Aaron Rodgers had a coming out party. Uh, well, Aaron Jones had a coming out party in week two. So uh, you can run all over them. And that's a, you know, that's a signature stat of Lamar. And it doesn't really matter if they are, you know, favored by a lot. Lamar is going to be the reason that they get a lot of points, I think. So I do like him a good bit at 7,800. Uh, I know it's not much cheaper than Kyler, but that 500 salary, if that can get you somewhere, I do like uh, Kyle, uh, Jackson over Kyler for the savings. Uh, and then Josh Allen is somebody that I'm going to be on this week. Um, I know you mentioned he's kind of not really shown us what, you know, the Josh Allen we were used to last year. But, I mean, facing a fully healthy Pittsburgh defense and then uh, turn around and facing a very good pass defense in Miami with those cornerbacks that they have, uh, I think that, we're still seeing the the gunslinger mentality. I mean, Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders are, are just racking up air yards left and right. And Cole Beasley continues to man the slot uh, underneath. So it, this offense isn't necessarily changing. I mean, they're still in the top, you know, nine teams of, of pass rate uh, sitting at 65% uh, in neutral games, neutral scripts. So, and that's one score games. Um, so I do like Buffalo here. This Washington defense has been a shell of what it was last year. Uh, they have not been, I mean, they just gave up 30 points to Daniel Jones just last week. Um, and, and Josh Allen is a much better version of what Daniel Jones is, you know, a guy who, who has that mobile, mobile QB ability. Um, and even week one, you know, uh, Washington, uh, they, they, they struggled week one as well. So I definitely like Josh Allen here and it's, it's easy to stack them up because you know where the ball is going. It's going to digs. You can take a shot on Emmanuel Sanders for really cheap because he's got, he's been the deep guy down the field. And they just haven't connected on their deep shots yet. So um, I really do like that Buffalo Buffalo game. Um, and, and you can run it back with a tight end and Logan Thomas or, or McLaurin pretty easily, um, even though Tredavious White should, should stay on McLaurin. Um, you definitely want to stack that there. Um, other than that, I'm probably not going to end up on Stafford just because of how popular the Rams are going to be. It's a great spot. Don't get me wrong. Um, same exact same exact scenario we talked about last week with with uh, Dallas and the Chargers. It's just you know everybody's going to be on it. I mean, like I mentioned, uh, Woods is the highest projected on wide receiver, checking in around thirty percent right now. 
And Cooper Cup is in is third, right behind him at around twenty five percent. So it's just a chalky spot, and I'm just going to try to be different uh, elsewhere. So that's it's not that it's a bad play, and that's honestly they're they're cheap enough that that's probably where I would go in cash games. Uh, Stafford sixty four hundred, Woods is upper five k, uh, and Cooper Cup is not breaking seven k yet, despite breaking the slate you know two weeks in a row. So I, I definitely think that the Rams would be my cash stack. And with how popular they are, it, it won't matter because in cash, you don't care about that. So um, that's where I, I kind of sit on my take there because I know, you know, people will ask about that. And then the Kansas City Chargers game, Kev, I know you, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, that Chargers defense, they just really limit uh, big plays, but they give it up to running backs and the Chiefs defense has just been abysmal. So I think you can stack the Chargers up any any which way you want. Um, but I think on the Chiefs side, I'm going to focus on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Travis Kelsey because I think those two deep safeties with Derwin James back there, you know, they're really going to try to limit Tyreek as much as they can. And uh, we saw last week that it is possible to limit Tyreek. And, and yes, it's death by a thousand cuts. Like when you limit Tyreek, Travis Kelsey's going to go off. You know, Demarcus Robinson can catch a long touchdown. And, and the, the Chiefs can just attack you so many ways having having Mahomes back there. But it is a a run funnel defense because they play back with those those safeties in those corners, um, and they let everything happen underneath. And so that's why you saw the Dallas running backs have a lot of success uh, last week. And I think this is the game that you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire can get rolling. His opportunities have been there. We would like to see his targets go up, which should be the case this week. Um, and, and even you know pairing if you want to mini stack that game and play Eckler on the other side. We saw Eckler's targets shoot up to nine last week. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're not looking to play the pass games there, but you definitely can stack up Herbert Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, the Mike Williams role has been awesome in this new offense, uh, offensive system with the new OC. So yeah, I lot to like on the charger side. Um, and, and I think Clyde Edwards, Hilaire is going to be uh, my, my chiefs run back there. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. It's the Jacksonville, Arizona game. Uh, I like Buffalo a lot, and then probably going to have some some Chargers stacks. Yeah, I mean, I think – so Buffalo's interesting. They are tied with a bunch of teams in terms of applied points total, 26 and a half this week in this matchup. Uh, I mean, just looking at Josh Allen, just kind of looking at some of his numbers a little bit, uh, I mean, it is there. I mean, he is second in air yards among all yep. quarterbacks. He's slinging it, so they just haven't connected on anything. Right, but his 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 accuracy has been much more in line of what he did his you know the year before, not last year. Because I mean, if you look at it, his true completion percentage is only is thirty second in the league with sixty one point eight percent. His play action completion percentage is thirtieth, forty four percent. His deep ball completion percentage, which is really problem, is only twenty percent at thirtieth among all quarterbacks, and even a clean pocket uh, completion percentage. Is 32nd among all quarterbacks, and his catchable pass rate is only 63%, which is 27th among all quarterbacks. And so, just the accuracy just hasn't been there for him so far. Now, it's only two games, and so it's not enough to really be that worried about. But I think where this where this helps is I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Josh Allen and not want to play him. There's just a lot of really good games this week, and this is not a, a, an area that I think people are going to want to attack this game. 
The question I think will also be is, is can Taylor Heineke, because this Buffalo defense has been really good so far to start the season as well. I mean, they just completely shut down Miami last week. So are they going to push them enough to be able to kind of, uh, you know, have them open this whole thing up? But I think that's the only thing to kind of keep in mind with, with him would just be that, you know, he, he has been all over the place in terms of accuracy, which was a problem that we knew that was heading into last year, but then he kind of ended a lot of those concerns that people had for him. So regardless of that, um, I don't mind playing Josh Allen. I think there's some other guys that I would rather play, but I did want to ask you really quickly about one more, and that is Ryan Tannehill um, uh, for the Titans. They're right there in certain terms of applied point totals as well. They get this matchup against Indy. Now we'll have to wait and see if Carson Wentz is going to play because if Carson Wentz doesn't play, it's going to be a Derrick Henry game where they're just going to feed Derrick Henry the whole game. They're not really going to have to open up this offense very much because there's going to be there's no way. I mean, Eason looks completely lost and terrible out there as a, as a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. So if Carson Wentz doesn't play, then I, then I, I would probably not want to do this. But if he does, I think Ryan Tannehill, um, now he hasn't really hit uh, at all uh, so far to start the year. Um, I think it's coming. And I think, you know, we, we've seen him be very middle of the road so far. But I do look at him, and he is 10th in air yards among all quarterbacks. And, you know, the accuracy uh, hasn't been great. It's not terrible. But um, I, I do think that in this game, if, if we can get a little bit of a shootout here, I think it makes sense because we still know Tennessee's defense is terrible. I'm not worried about that. So if Carson Wentz can play this game, I think this could be a back-and-forth affair. And I like – targeting a wide receiver in this uh, in this game a lot i absolutely love aj brown and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more when we get to wide receivers at his price but i do think Tannehill is a little bit interesting because i don't think anybody's going to play him and this could be a blow-up spot for him much similar to like how you feel about josh allen i kind of look at the same way with ryan Tannehill that he just had some bad luck he hasn't been great and then the second half of last week it was the derrick henry show that he didn't really have to do a whole lot yeah, and, and Derrick Henry is going to be one of the more popular running backs on the slate despite his hefty price tag. So, um, you know, that's a we talk about, you know, leverage on the field all the time. If Derrick Henry is not scoring any touchdowns, uh, I mean, this this Colts defense has given up points. You know, to, they got smashed by Russ in week one and then just got smashed by Stafford last week. So, uh, yeah, you definitely can throw on them. And uh, the leverage play there is is playing either either full stacking uh, Tennessee and going Tannehill, Julio, and, and AJ Brown, which because we saw last week that both guys can coexist, uh, and their their prices are not jacked up to like where they're seventy five hundred eight k to where you know they've got to be in the thirty five point range for you to really really need them to have them, Re- really need to have them. Um, you know, they're sitting in the sixty five hundred range. I mean, they get you twenty five to thirty points, and, and you're happy with that um, because they are going to be low owned. So you're just hoping that you, you know they can outscore the Cooper Cup. Uh, maybe Cooper Cup has a bad game and gets, you know, 10 to 15 points and and your A.J. Brown gets goes for, you know, 30. So you're doubling the Cooper Cup uh, teams that are out there. So, yeah, I like that as a leverage play. Um, and, and, you know, where the we, we always talk about wanting to know where the, the ball is going. And, and Tennessee is one of the most concentrated offenses uh, in the league in terms of offensive production. It's just. The, the the matchup for Derrick Henry doesn't get much better. This ND this ND run day has been pretty bad to start the year. So um definitely gonna have to make a decision on that. Uh whether you know whether you're gonna eat the Henry Chalk at running back. Um, you know, which I guess it can be a good segue unless you want to talk about any anybody else at QB. Um, you know, Derrick Henry's coming in at the top the top of the price tag range. Uh what is he, eighty six hundred? Yeah, eighty six hundred against this ND team who ranks dead last in the adjusted line yards metric. 
uh, which I weigh pretty heavily in my in my running back uh, selection process for for DFS. Um, Henry's got a great matchup, and Dalvin Cook is questionable, which sounds like there's a chance he could miss. I mean, he hasn't practiced uh, dealing with a pretty bad ankle sprain, and he had a stinger a stinger last week, which he said he's never experienced before in his life. Um, which you know, stingers come and go. Like that just kind of happens in the spur of the moment, but it's really the ankle sprain that's holding him out uh, of practice. And then after that, you've got Kamara up there against New England who nobody's going to play because, you know, we haven't seen the Kamara 10 to 15 target games that we're used to. So um, Derek Henry really is lone man at the top. And and it's your, I think your slate is going to come down to whether you play him or whether you don't play him. And the, the encouraging thing about Henry uh, is he's seen decent pass game usage that you can't ignore in the first two weeks, uh, checking in at four targets and six targets weeks, weeks one and two, um, you know, which 10 targets through two weeks, if I told you that Henry would be getting five targets a week, then you would uh, probably have pushed him up your rankings uh, preseason uh, before drafts. So definitely going to be a tough spot to fade considering volume, especially if Carson Wentz is out on the other side. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest questions we have to answer on this slate is, is are we playing Derrick Henry or not? Because I mean, he does have to have 50 point upside, which he just showed last week. Um so outside of that, wrapping out the, the 7K and higher, uh, Nick Chubb and, and Austin Eckler at 7,600 and 7,200. Um, like I mentioned, I do really like Austin Eckler this week against Kansas City. You know, he uh, finally, you know, everybody was panicking week one when he had zero targets against Washington. Uh, and then he had nine targets last week against Dallas. So the pass game work is going to be there and his rush game matchup doesn't get any better than this. So. Uh, I definitely think that, you know, he's a he's a great tournament play because I don't think many people are going to be on him. People are going to want to stack that that the the Chargers pass game with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and, and Herbert. So once again, I same situation Dallas was in last week. I think playing the running back as leverage off the, the quarterback stack makes a ton of sense. So I'm curious to, to hear what you're doing with the those guys at the top. And then if what other running backs you like this week? Um, I'm, I don't know what I'll be doing with Derrick Henry. Um, I'll probably have some, but I, I'm not all super interested in him. I will say something that, that has caught my eye that is interesting with him is the fact that they're using, utilizing him so much in the passing game or more, far more than what he's ever been in his career. Right. Like, I mean, so far, I think he has 10 targets on the year and, that is, I mean, he only had like 30 all of last year. And so he's already at 10 through two games. Now, if this is something that's going to continue, then he enters more of that conversation of being able to play him when he's this expensive. Because that's always been the problem whenever he's this expensive and he's the number one guy on the slate. And if he's going to be chalky is the fact that he just doesn't throw the, or he just doesn't get involved in the passing game. And if he can get game scripted out. Um, you know, and which is still a possibility. Now, I, I would be a little bit more surprised if Indy was able to do that, because, especially with Carson Wentz, you know, having this, this injury that he has, even if he plays, you're talking about two bum ankles. So him being mobile and being able to move around the pocket is going to be a problem. But so with Derrick Henry, I, I, I don't mind him, but if he's going to be chalk, I'll probably look somewhere else. The problem is at least right now running back like a lot of these top guys don't really like jump out at me like you have to play them right you know Alvin Kamara like Kamara hasn't really been all that productive with James Winston and now they get on the road against New England which is one of the best defenses in the league and then you have Nick Chubb going against Chicago Chicago's defense especially the run defense has been really good and so now Nick Chubb can can 
beat anybody on a given week, but I don't know if I'm going to go there at 7,600. You know, Austin Eckler obviously is the smash play at 7,200 going against the Chiefs defense that has just been absolutely gashed on the ground through each of, each of the first two weeks. And so I, he definitely make, uh, you know, he's probably where I start where I'm excited to play, you know, really get excited about playing one of these guys. But I also think he's probably going to carry a lot of ownership because people, you know, obviously know this, that what, what, how bad things have been. But if people are really wanting to pay up at quarterback that I, I could see, you know, Austin Eckler, maybe, maybe his ownership doesn't get as high because of that. I was drinking water. I think, uh, I think that is the chalky build this week um, is, you know, people are going to pay up for like a Mahomes or a Lamar or Russ or somebody like that um, or Stafford and then get those, you know, six to seven K wide receivers like Cup and and Woods and Keenan Allen. And then they're also playing Derrick Henry. So that doesn't leave salary left over for Austin Eckler. And I think he's going to come in under owned to what he should be given this matchup. Um it's yeah, like like we both said. I mean, this this Casey defense has looked pretty bad um, through two weeks, and like we've always over the last what two three years, you know, Casey has been a place where wide receivers go to die uh, in terms of fantasy production. I mean, Marquise Brown just shredded them last week to the tune of six for one twenty and a score, um, and, and so it's like, I mean, that was the one thing they had, and now they don't even have that because they they gave up good production to like. Uh, what was it? Anthony Schwartz was shredding them down the field in, in week one against Cleveland. So, um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I hate to only, you know, rely on two weeks of data, but just from the eye test, uh, this KC defense looks really bad. And I mean, that just makes you love the the KC, KC pass game on the other side, which we, we need to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 4,800 because he's going to garner, garner some ownership. Um, but if he can get involved in the pass game, you know, then that's definitely, uh, somebody that I'm interested in, uh, like I mentioned, this this Chargers defense is one that that allows you to run the football based on the the style of defense they play. So I don't think a hundred yard game is out of the question here on the ground for for Edward for Ceh. And um, if he can get you know five, six, seven targets, I think you're looking at a twenty five to thirty point DraftKings game. Have you seen? I know you said you looked at ownership a little bit. Did you look at all where Ceh was coming in? He's popular, but he's not up at the very top top. He's like second or third, but it's like manageable. It's like it's like the fifteen to twenty percent range. Derrick Henry was like coming in at twenty five. I can pull it up uh, okay. as you you know kind of go through some other guys. Well, let's do that real quickly, and then we'll, we'll get to him. Um, so one guy I do like, I, and I don't think he's going to carry any ownership, is Jonathan Taylor at sixty seven hundred dollars. Um, if you look at Tennessee, they have not been great against the run through uh, for these first two games either. Um, they currently. Um, they are 22nd in adjusted line yards, but 27th in power, 27th in open field. And so they just haven't really been that good of a run defense so far. And so I like um, getting some Jonathan Taylor. Now, there is some concern um, here, you know, obviously with Naheem Hines being there. But, you know, if you look at last week where, you know, he only saw one target, you know, one catch. Um but the week before, he had seven targets and six receptions. And so if we can get a little bit more somewhere in the between there, I like Jonathan Taylor and what should be a good matchup. Now, again, you know, there is some, you know, a little bit of concern with, you know, Carson Wentz. But if Jonathan Taylor can get going here, I do like targeting Jonathan Taylor at his price, 6,700. He's going to carry no ownership whatsoever. And what should be a good matchup facing this Tennessee defense. And then Saquon Barkley. 
I know whenever I first went and looked at pricing, that was the first thing that stood out to me immediately was his price at $6,500. And I am, that's going to be another guy that I'm really curious of where his ownership comes in because he's low low right now. Which if he is going to be low, I am going to be all in. And obviously it's Thursday. So things are going to change because, you know, ownerships right now are based on the content that's, you know, come out throughout the industry and get just gathering sentiment. Um, so there is, you know, Friday's a big day for, for DFS content. So ownerships will change, but as of right now, yeah, Saquon Barkley is, is pretty low on, on the ownership. Yeah. And so for him, like, and if you look at it with him, like on the, on the surface level, it is, it is concerning. Um, I will say that because, you know, you'll say he's scored about six, 60 K points, uh, you know, a game, which is absolutely horrendous, but, there's a lot to like here with the secondary profile. Like he's 10th in evaded tackles among all running backs. He's 14th in breakaway runs. He's fifth in juke rate, 15th in yards created for touch and 19th in yards and total yards created. And we saw his production and go up from last week. I mean, he had played 47% of the snaps week one against Denver. And then he went to 82% week two against Washington, which I don't think people thought he was going to get there that quickly. And so I think, that we're talking about a player that I think that is on the verge of breaking out. Um, and this Atlanta defense, is it a defense that scares me that's really going to be able to hold him back? The biggest question mark for him will be, is he going to get more involved as a pass catcher? He's only seen six targets on the season so far. And there is some concern with with Daniel Jones and his, his mm-hmm. uh, him wanting to run to take some of that away from yep. him because he's not going to be looking to check down as much. But still, at a low ownership at 6,500, and Saquon Barkley's you know, game break, the reason you, you target – Saquon is going to be because of his, his ceiling that he that he possesses, right? And it's not just through the air. It's also his ability to break off those long runs like he did last week for 41 yards. And he's a true home run hitter. And so if he's back, and I, I think that he is, like he look, he looks, uh, he's starting to look more and more like the Saquon Barkley of old. And at 6,500, that's such a great value in a game that I really like. I don't even mind targeting going Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in a stack. Like I, I don't mind doing that with it with, with them and getting all of that game. But I like Saquon Barkley a lot at $6,500, especially if he's going to have no ownership. Because I felt like he was probably somebody that people would want to target. So I like Saquon a lot, and I think people can be really confident with playing him at $6,500. Going down from there, if Dalvin Cook does not play, we kind of talked about this at our chat. You have Alexander Madison, who's 6K. I will be all out on that. I'm not playing him either. It is. It was always a trap. We've seen this. We see this every year because Dalvin Cook misses games every single year, and it's always Alexander Madison chalk week, and everybody uh, he talks him up and wants to play him because he's usually a lot cheaper too. Usually, when you're playing him, we're talking about a guy who's probably like 4K, 4,500 dollars, whatever. But he is 6K. I mean, he's going. He's right there with Joe Mixon. You know, Saquon, I just talked about, even guys like David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, like all these running backs he's going around. No fucking thank you. Am I going to play Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook's not there in DFS? So I want no part of that. I will be out on Alexander Madison. You know, going down further, I do like Chase Edmonds at 5,700. You know, I he's he's getting up there a little bit in price to where I'm that's a little bit more risky than where he was at like the forty eight hundred dollars he's been forty nine hundred dollars but in this matchup against Jacksonville I don't mind it he is he is carrying the load more he I think he's right around 55 56 percent of the snaps right now 
and he's kind of splitting the, the carries, but he's getting all the pass catching work uh, and uh, from James Conner. And so I don't mind him. Now let's talk about the guy you've already talked about with Clyde Edwards Elaire. And so for me, my biggest caveat with him was I felt like he was going to be much higher owned at $4,800. I thought people would want to target him, but it doesn't sound like that's as much the case. I know you said, I guess he's third. And if that's really where he comes in and if he hits that 20% mark, I, I, I don't know because like there, there is some serious red flags with him because they are not targeting him in the passing game. Now it has only been two games, but they're just not looking for him. Like constantly you see him open and Patrick Mahomes is just not looking to dump it down to him. And I, I haven't been able to figure out even, oh, even going back to last year, why they don't utilize him similar to what they did with Damian Williams, where they would hit him on those, those wheel routes and stuff like that. They do not do that with him at all. And you have Daryl Williams now looking like he's taking, like he might be the goal line back. And so if he's the goal line back, like this is tougher to trust with CEH because if he's not going to be the pass catcher and all you're going to get from him is this carries. Now it is a great matchup against, against, against the chargers, like you mentioned. And at the price, it makes sense because he's $4,800. He doesn't have to do a, a ton to pay that, that price tag off yeah. and to be able to hit value. I mean, he had 17 touches last week at $4,800. Right. He, he's, he's handling 85% of the opportunities yeah. in the backfield. He's just not getting the targets. And mm-hmm. so at $4,800, I don't mind it. Uh, it's just going to really depend on where his final ownership comes in because if it's going to be high, I will be out on that and I, I, I will go other places. But if he's not, and if he stays in that, if you can get him at 15% even, I think I would be fine with that. But if he, get, if he starts getting into the 20%. That's where he's sitting right now is 15%, and he's second behind Henry, who's like 25%. But um, running back's pretty spread out this week, it seems like. And like you mentioned, because – there's when you look at the list of running backs this week, there's there's no CMC. Kamara's not getting the same usage that we're used to, um, and, and and you know there's a lot of just unknowns that uh, guys that aren't getting you know this high RB one usage that that we are confident in. Um, so I mean you're getting one of the the true. Uh, guys who leads their team in, in touches and and that's CEH and he's only 4,800. And uh, I think, I think this is a matchup. They've had tough matchups too against Baltimore and that, that Las Vegas defense is better this year than, uh, than I think people are want to give them credit for. I mean, they made Pittsburgh last week look like they didn't know what the heck they were doing. And um, it took the Ravens a whole, whole two quarters before they even decided they wanted to play offense too. So um, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in in the the production for CEH so far in terms of just like efficiency standpoint, just because you know the, the two defenses they played in Baltimore and Las Vegas, I think they're it's going to be two two of the better defenses they play this year. So um, I just think that this matchup lines up, and, and if I get burned, so be it. But I want to be on him uh, before he, he does have a breakup game because I mean. Last year, we talked about, you know, all of his goal line carries that he got, and he got stuffed at the goal line every time. Like, that's all it takes for, for CEH to have a big day is to, you know, score two touchdowns on the ground and, you know, catch four passes for, for 40 yards and and rush for 80. Uh, you're looking at 25 DraftKings points. Um, so it's it's going to be t- – it's going to depend on where his final ownership stands. I, I think that I agree with you um, on that um, in terms of what I do with him. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty in lockstep with you this week, I think, at running back. Uh, a guy we didn't mention that I'm curious on your, your take on is Joe Mixon, and then we can, we can move to 
to wide receiver, and he's going to be literally unowned as well. Uh, they're playing Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is missing a couple key starters, including TJ Watt, who's dealing with, with a groin injury. So, uh, and on the Pittsburgh side, they're going to be without Deontay Johnson. Ben Roethlisberger is going to play, but he's, he's a little banged up. Um, and Pittsburgh hasn't been able to get anything going on the ground. So do you think that this is a game that could stay relatively close and Mixon could, could provide a lot of usage at, you know, a low 6K price tag and, and nobody's going to play him? It's tough because Pittsburgh's defense, well, it sounds like because I know that I think TJ Watt has been getting limited practices. So that is encouraging. Um, if he's able to play, uh, I don't know how I feel about it because Pittsburgh's defense so far through the first two you know, two games is right where Pittsburgh's defense was last year. They're third in adjusted line yards. They're 19th in power, 18th in stuff. Um, and it's mainly – you'd mainly be playing them because of the, the – playing game. him because of the injuries to that Pittsburgh defense because they'd be a depleted unit based on, you know, their unit, what you'd expect as a whole. Um, because he does get that price decrease because of the matchup, like DraftKings price him down because of the tough matchup. Uh, but I mean, if TJ Watts out and there, the Devin Bush, his, he's either out or had had been missing games or, or yeah, something. He's, it sounds like he's going to be back. He returned. He's, to back, he's back this week, but they're missing uh, Dupree or somebody else at, at li- a key linebacker spot. Um, so they're they're just pretty banged up across the board uh, on defense. Um, so I thought Mixon was interesting, especially. I really like Claypool on the other side, but we can talk about that when we get to wide receiver. But um, and we don't have to touch more on, on Mixon and, and talk a ton about it. But I was just curious because you know he's one of the. I mean, he's got thirty touch upside for sixty three hundred dollars. So um, yeah, I mean, and you know, and like even Walido in the chat said Najee, and I will say this though about about Cincinnati, it's one thing that surprised stuffing. Me run yes is that they are sixth in adjusted line yards mm-hmm. eighth in power third in stuff rank seventh and second level and ninth in open field rank like they have been really good against, against the run, the run. So far, so they've gotten shredded the through the air yes and so like it why but i also i think that people could look at this game and see that the cincinnati and just your mind immediately goes oh that's the Bengals." That's going to be a good matchup for Najee Harris. It's against Cincinnati, but it just hasn't been that so far this year. And they played, I mean, we're talking about, you know, they played Dalvin Cook week one, you know, and, and did a, a, a pretty good job against him as well. Last week, David Montgomery didn't do a ton either. Um, and so in that matchup against against Chicago. That's so, two good running backs. Yeah. That's two good running games that they, it was like 3.8 yards per carry for both of them. They both had like an identical stat line. It was like 18 carries for 61 yards. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm completely off Najee Harris, and he's looked not great in the first two weeks as well. Um, I don't know it, what the deal is is there, but he's not involved as as everybody was saying he was going to be in the pass game. And I know he caught a receiving touchdown last week that kind of saved his week. But I mean, you take away that 30 yard touchdown catch, and you're looking at another single digit fantasy performance. Well, it's they're uh, they've been in some bad games. Guys, Buffalo they got down quickly early in that first half of the game, so they had to throw the ball a lot more. So that took them out there. And then last week it was kind of the same thing against the Raiders. And so um, you know they just haven't really been in any positive game scripts. And their offensive line has been atrocious right now. They are thirtieth in adjusted line yards. That offensive yeah. line is, you know, yeah. uh, and so they just haven't been good, which is kind of what we expected. But I think they've been worse than what I expected too. So. Yeah, I, I, w- I would be out on Najee as well. Um, 
Is there any other running back you want to talk about? You jump over to wide receiver. Um, no, I, I will say not for this week, but I will say we need to keep an eye on James Robinson because he took over lead lead back duties last week. Carlos Hyde got pretty much shifted out of the offense. Um, but he only Robinson still only had 16 touches uh, with only three targets. So not somebody that that I'm on this week, but definitely want to keep an eye on him uh, as we go. Yeah, um, uh, the only one I did want to mention I, I completely forgot about was I do think that um, I don't mind DeAndre Swift. I know he's questionable right now, but I don't mind him because of his pass catching work. And again, if they're going to be trailing at 5,800. And I also don't mind Tyson Williams. I forgot to mention him against ball uh, against Detroit. 5,800 as well. I, I don't mind playing him either if, if you wanted to get down in this 5K range. Uh, I think that he's – those two are the ones that make the most sense to me, followed by probably Chase Edmonds. But that's probably where I would come in there. Um, and then I guess if you really want to pay down and, and gamble a little bit, I don't mind Javante Williams at 4,900. I think this could be a coming-out party for him against this Jets defense where I think they play the uh, ball control. They kind of run the ball a little bit here in this game against the Jets. So I don't mind that. It's not a high-floor play. Or it's not a high-ceiling play, but if you're looking to save it at running back and you and you want to maybe a little bit leverage off of CEH, I don't mind Javante Williams. So other than that, I think we can jump over to wide receivers. Um, I agree. So let's talk about, okay, so you have Tyree Kill at 8,400. Surprise, surprise. DeAndre Hopkins at 8,200. Stephon Diggs at 7,600. Tyler Lockett, 7,400. DK Metcalf, 7,300. Justin Jefferson, 7,200. Calvin Ridley at 7K. Terry McLaurin at 6,900. Cooper Cup. I don't know what this guy has to do, DraftKings, to get moved up. I don't really understand mm. it here, but he's only 6,800. He just continues to be undervalued. He should be, in my opinion, up there in the upper 7K range, not chilling down here at $6,800. Adam Thielen, 6,700. Keenan Allen, 6,600. A.J. Brown, 6,500. Julio, 6,500. Mike Williams, 6,400. Deontay, who doesn't sound like he's going to play, is 6,400. Mike Mike Evans, 6,300. Allen Robinson, 6,200. Chris Godwin at 6,100. Juju Smith-Schuster at 6K. And then Cortland Sutton is 6K. And those are the 6K wide receivers. So how do you feel about wide receivers this week? Who are you? Who are you going after? I actually feel really locked in on wide receiver this week. I probably going to end up with minimal Tyreek at the top, just for the reasons we talked about against the chargers. You know, I think he can still have a good game, but at 8,400, I need, you know, 40, 40 plus from him for him to have a must have it score to need him. Um, And I just think the chargers are are limiting opposing pass games enough. Um, And and just playing against, you know, Dallas last week, that's evidence of it. They're, they're right up there with the Chiefs in terms of most ex- most explosive pass offenses uh, in the league. So um, I do have concerns about Tyreek ceiling, not his floor. Um, Hopkins, I, I like him. If you're playing Trevor Lawrence, like we mentioned earlier, I think Hopkins makes a, a great run back. Uh, I already mentioned the the love for Steph- for the Bills and and Stephon Diggs against this you know this Washington secondary that hasn't been very good through two weeks uh, have gotten shredded by um, you know main wide receivers or the, the, the star wide receivers on the other side. Uh, you know, Mike Williams was able to crush them in week one and Keenan Allen played well week one. Uh, and then week two, uh, we saw Sterling Shepard, uh, have a good game and Slayton had a good game too. And he dropped a 50 yard touchdown, um, as well. So, you know, wide receivers are having success against Washington. So I really do like Diggs a lot. 
And I think he could go overlooked this week with everybody trying to pay up for, for Derrick Henry. Um, Justin Jefferson, if Dalvin Cook misses, the two games Dalvin Cook did not play last year, Jefferson had nine receptions for 166 yards and two touchdowns and nine receptions for 133 yards and zero touchdowns. So uh, Jefferson absolutely smashed in the two games that Dalvin Cook missed. And um, playing against Seattle on the other side, and Minnesota has shown, you know, their top 10 in, in, in pass rate and neutral script uh, so far to start to start the year. So, um, you know, Minnesota wants to throw the ball. Uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, his breakout game is coming. He's getting a lot of targets still. Uh, you know, he's one of the more talented wide receivers in the league. So I think, you know, 7,200 is a, a price that nobody's going to really pay for him uh, on this slate. So he's got 40 point upside here. So I really like Justin Jefferson, especially if Dalvin Cook is out. Um, I haven't decided yet what I'm doing with the Rams. Cooper Cup, he's too cheap at 6,800. He's cash game lock, but in tournaments, like we saw with, you know, CMC tonight, anything can happen, um, especially in football. So, you know, I probably am going to come in under the field on the Rams pass game and just pray that that game goes, you know, lower scoring uh, like like Dallas and, and the Chargers did last week. Um, Keenan, Keenan Allen, 6,600 against the Chiefs. We talked about how bad the Chiefs defense has been. Uh, and, and he is the main guy in uh, L.A. for the Chargers. So 6,600 is a crime, feels like a crime for him. Um, and we talked about getting leverage off of Derrick Henry uh, on this slate, and I really like AJ Brown uh, to do that. I don't think there's any wider, any cornerbacks on the Colts that can match up with AJ Brown, um, and he's 6,500, and we know he's got a 35 point ceiling. Uh, so that you know that feels like he's priced in a great spot to to have a really good game. And after that, I mean, we can we can dive into the bottom of the barrel, but there's two, two more guys in like the 50 upper fives, low sixes. And that's uh, Chris Godwin, assuming Jalen Ramsey is going to be all over Mike Evans the entire game. Chris Godwin should be Brady's number one guy in this matchup, especially if Antonio Brown is out uh, due to the COVID protocol. Uh, there's still a chance he can play, but that, you know, they're saying it's, it's not likely. So Chris Godwin, I'm expecting to be the number one, focal point on offense this week in, in a offense that's usually unpredictable, but it, it feels more predictable this week. Uh, and then Chase Claypool with Deontay Johnson likely to miss uh, this game. Claypool had a good game last year in, in the one game that, that Johnson missed. He had minimal usage, but it was a game Roethlisberger only threw 22 times. Uh, he caught four passes for over 70 yards. So uh, the, we already mentioned that, you know, the Bengals are, are selling out to stop the run and you can pass all over them. So I really like this matchup for Claypool, whether Deontay plays or does not play. Um, and then the last guy I'll mention, I know I know you'll talk about him too, uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, I mean, what else does he have to do, you know, like, like Cooper Cup to get a price hike? I mean, he's still under 6K and has been the number one guy for, uh, for the Giants uh, through two weeks. And I do think, you know, there there is interest in playing uh, Kenny Galladay, too. Uh, if he plays, he's currently questionable. But uh, I think, you know, this could be a good breakout game for him. He leads the team in air yards. Uh, and, and you know, Atlanta is a defense that we can attack deep. So I think Kenny Galladay is another interesting uh, guy in, in New York. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't mind Kenny Galladay either. I, I think that uh, he's in play. I mean, especially at fifty six hundred, this is the game I like. I mean, it's such a cheap stack with Daniel Jones. Whatever you want to do, it kind of opens up everything else. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. take shots everywhere else, you know, whether you want to get Ke- uh, Kelsey in the lineup or take a shot at Tyreek. Um, so I, I don't. I don't mind doing that either. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, for me, I really like DK Metcalf at seventy three hundred. Um, I think this could be the week that he goes off. I know that Tyler Lock for the first two weeks has just been nuclear, but I think eventually that's going to even out a little bit. It's not, you know, DK Metcalf's not getting left in the dust here, and so I think in this matchup against Minnesota, I don't care who their who, who their their corners are. Their corners are terrible. Um, and I know, I think even worse than that, Rashad Breland, I think, is dealing with an injury of his own. So we'll have to see on that. But DK Metcalf is only is 7,300. He's only 100 cheaper than Tyler Lockett. So it is a it is expensive to pay up for that with him and Russ. But I like DK Metcalf here in this matchup of 7,300. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not going to talk about the most obvious guys like Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's always in play with the way he's been doing. But AJ Brown, like you already mentioned, I love AJ Brown at 6,500. He's been right there. He had. I know last week. I mean, he should have had a touchdown last week. He it went right through his hands. He dropped it um, that he should have had. And I think it's just been some bad luck for him. And I think his time is coming. And I think his time could come very quickly against this really not good Indianapolis secondary. And so I like getting uh, A.J. Brown as much as I possibly can at 6,500. Him and Julio are both 6,500. Um, yeah, if Antonio Brown's going to be out, it's going to be hard not to have a lot of Chris Godwin at $6,100 because I think Mike Evans sees a lot of Jalen Ramsey in that matchup. And so I do think Chris Godwin makes the most six, at 6,100 um, there in that matchup as well. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting with Cleveland because Jarvis Landry is now on IR. Now it does sound like Odell Beckham will be back for this game. He's been getting in, um, he's, he's been getting in practice time and, you know, for all, for all accounts, sounds like a barring a setback, he is going to open up the season this week. I don't necessarily love it, but I think you could beat Chicago secondary. Chicago secondary is not great. Um, they, they are really good against the run. They're more of a pass funnel than run funnel. So, I don't mind Odell at 5,300. It is a risk because you have no idea what he's going to look like because he has not played since the injury last year. Um, and I think we all thought he would, be, he would have been ready by now. But I don't mind Odell at 5,300. He was somebody last year who gets a pretty high – I mean, I don't know if anybody would be shocked if he got 12 to four. I mean, 10 to 12 targets in this game with with no Jarvis Landry, right? Like, I do think it's going to be a little bit more slow-paced, gross type of game. But in terms of who's going to get the targets here, I think Odell probably sees a pretty a pretty high target share. And at 5,300, nobody's going to play him because everybody's going to be off of him, especially with his first week back. But I just don't mind him at $5,300. Um, I think you could definitely do a lot worse than him. So I don't mind that. You know, Rondell Moore is interesting at 5K because now they've raised his price tag up, but after the big performance he just had. Uh, and if, if this game does end up, you know, there's a point scored and they push Arizona to really put up some points here, I don't mind Rondell Moore. Super explosive. I he wish they the would. team in targets. Yeah, and right. yes. and I, I, crazy. I, I wish they would just get rid of A.J. Green. I don't know why A.J. Green, like, just – or just use A.J. Green sparingly. Play him in the Larry Fitzgerald yeah. role. Let, let him play a little bit, you know, get some snaps here and there. The thing, though, that's nice about the AJ, AJ Green being there is they can just run him down the sideline every play and leave Rondale Moore to, you know, eat up the, the, the yak underneath. So it does help in that regard. But I agree. Like the usage for AJ Green, because he's up there with Hopkins and, and Rondale in terms of targets. Like Rondale and, and Hopkins should easily be the one and two in that offense. 
Yeah. And so with that, you know, um, I think from there, you know, outside of, like I said, like the most obvious plays, you know, those, those top games, because, you know, like I said, Lockett, Metcalf are both in play. Justin Jefferson's definitely in play. Thielen's in play, um, you know, Tyreek. And um, so l- let's talk about some of these cheaper options down here where I think some people, you know, especially if you're wanting to pay up a quarterback, you're going to need to find some of these wide receivers. And is there any, uh, you know, value sub 4K wide receivers you're looking at? Yeah. Th- first, though, there is one guy that I think we just kind of glazed over, uh, and that's Marquise Brown uh, against Detroit at 5,600. Um, I mean, he's gone, what, how, is, how many games is it now in a row that he's either had 80 yards or a touchdown? Uh, so, I mean, he's got, you know, 25 to 30 upside and, and has been providing a really good floor against a really, really bad Detroit secondary. That's, that's without a CUDA. Um, and I mean, we, we saw MVS last week, get, get behind the defense a couple of times Rogers just freaking missed him, uh, multiple times. So, um, I really do like Hollywood Brown this week too, but there is one guy that's really cheap and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Scotty Miller, assuming Antonio Brown is out is going to rotate into that Antonio Brown role that Scotty Miller played weeks one through eight uh, of last year before Antonio Brown was a thing. Um, I mean, do you think that's too thin on a slate like this? Especially, I mean, so my thinking is uh, with Jalen Ramsey going to be plastered all over Mike Evans and if you know the Rams want to somehow try to take away Chris Godwin on the inside, I mean you're left looking at Scotty Miller uh, on the outside, assuming you know that that he is the guy that takes over. But I mean he had his point totals last last year in weeks one through eight were 13, 3, 11, 19, uh, 0, 1, and 26. So, I mean, there is upside there, and he's free. He's min price, basically. Uh, do you think that that's too thin on a slate like this? Because, I mean, there's still a chance, I guess, that he could rotate in with Tyler Johnson, right, who's been who's been the, the guy that's been rotating in. But last year it was Scotty Miller playing that Antonio Brown role. I think it's possible, but I do think it's really thin because I could also see Tyler Johnson just playing that role. Um and with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk now, even more so, um, I just don't know what the targets will be there for them, uh, for him. And so I don't mind it. Like I think it's uh, he's in play for sure. Um, it's and not it's, something I want to attack aggressively, but I think if you're wanting to get different in that game and find some different pieces to get leverage off some of these guys, like I, I think Scotty Miller does make sense because he does have some big game potential. Like he's he's had mm-hmm. some pretty big games last year. And so I, I don't mind that. I, I, th- I think he's probably uh, definitely in play. And we know that this Bucks offense attacks matchups. Like week one when they played Dallas, Mike Evans was irrelevant because Diggs was plastered on him, you know, size on size, corner on wide receiver uh, in week one, and Evans was non-existent. So they, they attacked the other matchup, and that's Antonio Brown, uh, the matchup he had with An- Anthony Brown. Uh, so it was him and, him and Godwin, you know, most of the night. And – I don't think Brady's just going to sit there and throw it at Jalen Ramsey all game, even though, you know, Mike Evans is, you know, up there with Godwin being the, really the main two wide receivers they have. Like, I think that they're going to try to attack matchups. Uh, and the matchup screamed attacking the other side of the field from Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I, I kind of want to try to get a feel 
uh, for maybe some practice reports and see, you know, what, what kind of rotation they might have with Antonio Brown slated to miss. But yeah, I think he's interesting. That's, that's the lone dumpster, dumpster dive guy that I have. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few guys that I don't mind here um, that are in the three K range. I have some interest in Quintez Cephas right now. I mean, really the Lions number one wide receiver, uh, you know, especially now Tyrell Williams, he is done for the year, the, the ageless wonder that is Tyrell Williams. But I mean, so far, I mean, he has 14 targets on the year. I mean, last week he played pretty well last week against a, a decent Packers secondary, um, 14 targets last week. Um, he's got, um, seven receptions, 75 yards and two touchdowns so far, you know, for averaging around 14.3 DK points a week. Now, again, I mean, he could end up – I mean, there's zero chance that Marlon Humphrey um, would shadow in this game at all. And I know the Arnett kid they have has been okay, but um, I, I just don't I, – I don't, I don't think – I. it's very thin, and it's not something that I would – you know, if you're playing a really consolidated, you know, amount of, of lineups, I probably wouldn't go there. But at his price at $3,900 and the amount of targets he's likely going to see, um, they, they just don't have anybody else. It's him and Hawkinson, really. Uh, Khalif Raymond. And I mean, like, you know, we, I talked about this yesterday that, like, I mean, I was, I played Trinity Benson. Like, who, who's Trinity Benson? Does anybody know who Trinity Benson was? And Showdown last, you know, on Monday night. That's, that's like their third wide receiver, you know? And so they just have absolutely nothing. And so he's going to see targets. And Jared Goff has been able to support in his career two pass catchers. You know, we saw it with whatever he was with the Rams. Now, this isn't the Rams offense, obviously, but he does have that ability to be able to do that. So I don't mind Quintez Cephas at his price tag. Um, you know, McCall Hardman's always in play at $3,900, and he's gotten a little bit cheaper but he hasn't been able to fire. But this feels like a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he found, you know, so much attention going on Tyree Kill that he that he could find, you know, a deep uh, deep touchdown. So I don't mind McCole Hardman at thirty nine hundred dollars. What is your thoughts on somebody like uh, Hunter Renfro? Because he's he's seeing targets and he's going to play the slot. That's where you tack Miami because you don't want to be attacking the outside with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And so we're always looking to target the slot. The problem though there is obviously Darren Waller, you know, and how much stuff that happens. Yeah. But um, Hunter Renfro, I mean, again, I mean, he seems to be that guy that just kind of comes up uh, and has some big games here and there. So I don't mind Hunter Renfro. But again, it's kind of a thin play. And then the other guy, Anthony Schwartz. Um, you know, no Jarvis Landry. He is he is super explosive. You know, third round pick had a you know, kind of a relatively big week one. Didn't really do a whole lot last week, but they didn't really have to open up the offense all that much. But I feel like in this game against Chicago, they're going to have to be a little bit more um, involved. And so I don't mind Anthony Schwartz. He's going to be one percent owned, if that, at, at thirty two hundred dollars. But again, kind of a thin play too. So. I think that for me, at least, you know, kind of going through this list here of wide receivers, like those would be the guys that I'd probably have the most interest in. And then maybe I think Am- Amalad, I always fuck this guy's name, Amalad Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Jesus Christ, uh, for Atlanta. <laughs> Russell Gage right now is questionable. He may not play. If he doesn't, that means he's going to be the n- number two wide receiver here in this offense. Now, it's not a great game against uh, the, J- the Jets or excuse me, the Giants. But I think James Bradbury is going to spend most of his time, if not all of his time, on Calvin Ridley. So that does open up some, uh, open up some things here for Zacchaeus, who's only $3,500. So I think he's in play. And then K.J. Osborne, 
I mean, you called him out last week. You, he was the guy that you really talked about that you really liked last mm-hmm. week. Had a really big game again, and now he's still only thirty five hundred dollars. I don't get that either. I think he should be probably more in the four, you know, maybe at least in the four K range after the two big games. He leads that team in receiving yards uh, through the uh, first two games of the season. Which is and so great. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why he's only thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> never, never heard of the guy, and he's leading. He's got more more yards than Thielen and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. So that's where yeah. we stand. So I think yeah. those are those are kind of the guys. If I had to, like, I don't think it's a weak unit. I think there's enough value out there at other positions that you that you don't really have to do that. But you know, I tend to if I have a build that I absolutely love and I have a, you know thirty eight hundred dollars left, you know, I have no problem. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow up my lineup and try to you know move guys out of the lineup. I, I will find somebody there that I feel okay with, and I, I think those would be the couple of the guys that I would be looking at. Yeah, and I do want to mention Emmanuel Sanders, too. I know I briefly mentioned his name when talking about Josh Allen, but uh, he's second on the team in air yards behind only Diggs. Diggs has 258 in two games, which is a lot, uh, and Sanders has 243. So Sanders is sitting at 243 air yards, but only 100 receiving yards to show for it. Uh, second on the, or Third on the team in targets behind Diggs and, and Beasley. So it's really been a three-man show through the air on a team that wants to throw a lot. So 4,200 for... Emmanuel Sanders, who's gotten 243 air yards through two weeks uh, against this Washington defense that, that can be beat uh, through the air. So I really like him. Uh, that His profile just sets up for uh, a ceiling. He's got a ceiling-type profile, right? So when he doesn't hit, you know, he's going to get you 8 to 10 points. But when he does hit, he do- I think he does have 25-point upside at 4,200. So um, he's somebody that I'll, I'll probably end up uh, playing this week. Well, let's let's jump over to tight ends. So tight ends are actually interesting this week because uh, you have Kelsey. We have Kelsey on the slate. We have Darren Waller on the slate. T.J. Hawkinson is also on the slate, and then you have Gronk, who just continues to score touchdowns. Mark Andrews. Um, so K- Kelsey's eighty two hundred. Waller's seventy four hundred. Gronk is fifty five hundred. Hawkinson is only fifty two hundred, and I'm guessing that's because of the Sunday night, you know, pricing because mm-hmm. uh, he should be much higher than that, and. Then you have Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, who's 4,900. Noah Fant's 4,800. Logan Thomas is 4,700. John, who's 4,100. And then Tyler Higby's 4K among those those tight ends. It's going to be hard not to play a lot of TJ Hawkinson at 5,200 because he has the same ceiling that Travis Kelsey has and – and and Darren Waller has, or maybe it's not the exact same. It's probably a little bit lower, but he's not far off. We're talking about a tight end right now who is number one in routes run among all tight ends. He's second in targets with a 21% target share. He's third with 20. He's averaged 23.2 DK points a game. And so, I mean, he's getting all the air. He's, he's getting his third in air yard, air yards share among tight ends he has four red zone targets i mean he's the offense it runs through him right and it's it's just really tough not to want to play him because of the discount you are getting off of like I, he should be in the same he's in the same conversation as darren waller and tj hawkinson is or tj as, as travis kelsey is in my opinion but he's significantly cheaper than they are and i just think that's a mistake and so I don't mind playing Kelsey in stacks. I don't mind playing Darren Waller. Obviously, their their ceilings are incredibly high. But TJ Hawkinson deserves. He's in that conversation in terms of volume, and that's why we have. That's why we want to play Kelsey and Waller because they are so heavily involved in their offenses. Where Hawkinson kind of does that as well, and it's not the best matchup against Baltimore. 
But at the same time, $5,200 at his price tag and the volume he's going to see, it's really hard to pass up. So I prefer to play him over the top guys if I, you know, in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not to like Hawkinson. Um, Titans usually pretty straightforward for me. I mean, if you're playing a top guy, you just play Kelsey or Waller. Uh, and then Hawkinson is acting like a top guy and he's only priced 5,200 uh, against the, I mean, this Detroit team is going to have to throw the entire year because their defense is so bad. So, um, I mean, he, he's safe and he has upside. One of the few tight ends that can, that can go for a hundred yards on any slate. Um, I think Noah Fant is interesting. Uh, he's been, you know, pretty productive through two games and, the, the, I guess the issue is, you know, how much is, is Denver going to throw uh, or do they need to throw against the Jets at home uh, against them? But, I mean, Fant does have, you know, in a game that, you know, if they need to throw more, he does – he's one of the few tight ends also that has 100-yard 100 100 yard upside, uh, which we've seen from him occasionally. So, um, I think he's interesting. Uh, but, I mean, t- it's hard to get away from Tyler Higby as well, especially after last week when he was popular uh, and, and put out a dud and – now this this feels like the perfect spot to play Tyler Higby when everybody's going to play Woods and Cup, and you know I feel like you know Bruce Arians' coaching staff is is going to say we're not going to let Cooper Cup just tr- just shred us over and over again. So let's make somebody else beat us, and and maybe you know maybe McVay. I mean even in Week One we saw McVay purposely getting Tyler Higby. You know he was the first read uh, on a, on a lot of plays in Week One, so. Uh, which that didn't end up being the case in week two. It was back to Cooper Cup again. So um, I think, you know, if there is a lot more defensive focus on Cup this week after, you know, the success he's had through two weeks, then, you know, Higby is a great leverage play. If Because, I mean, the Rams are still going to score points, right? So you're looking for a way to get exposure to their pass game without, you know, eating a lot of chalk. And, and I think Higby does that. Um other than that, man, I, I don't know that I'm going to go much cheaper at tight end. Uh, tight end has just been gross this year. I mean, I guess you could play Njoku uh, on Cleveland, who's, you know, they're they're without going to be without Landry. But, I mean, Cleveland just spreads the ball around so much. But he's the one guy that he has been utilized down the field. Uh, he's got a 16% target share. Uh, but despite that, he's got like a 27% air yard share. So they have been targeting him deep. Um, and, and, you know, 3,500, uh, I think he's interesting, but that's, that's more of a ceiling play and playing in Chicago, you know, I don't really expect Cleveland to score a lot. So not really somebody I'm, I'm going to end up having a lot of, if any, um, but yeah, Titan, I just feel like Titan's kind of gross, but it's also straightforward. It is. It definitely is. There's not a lot of normally on weeks. I feel like there's like I was like okay, you know, in three K yeah. range, like I could find some this guys that I really feel like. like that. No, I mean, I think Njoku's in play, but it, it is thin because you it's also thin. have you also have Hooper who's going to be involved, mm-hmm. and you also have Harrison Bryant who's going to yep. be involved. And so, I mean, if you look at Njoku, he is actually number one among all tight ends and air yards uh, and market yeah. share of air yards. Uh, and this is the reason you'd be playing him because you can't trust on volume in that offense. So you're you're trying to play a guy that's a, that's a splash play guy, and, and it's been Joku who's who's led the team in that in that regard. Yeah, but he's on. But the thing is, he's only run 16 routes all year. So yeah, it's. it's but it's, they're gonna it's, they're gonna have to run to throw the at tight ends this week because they don't they're 
unless OBJ plays, which I guess is possible. But yeah, it sounds like he's gonna play. That's that's my thought though. Is that like you know it's easy to say that, but then it's like okay, well if OBJ back, Landry is now gone, but it's kind of one for one. It's kind of the same yeah. way the offense has been, where you had your one. And Landry was he's only got Landry only has a twelve percent target share through two weeks, and they still haven't been targeting these other guys. So it's just I mean you you look at their you just go down their list of targets. I mean, there's they not a single the guy. There's well, there's also not a single guy that has double digit targets yet. I mean, uh, Hooper has eight, Joku has eight, Bryant has six, Landry has six, Hunt has four, Chubb has three, Peoples Jones has two, Schwartz has six, some guy named Demetric Felton has two, Rashard Higgins has two, Andy Janovich has one. So it's like they just throw to literally everybody, and it's not one or two players that get a ton of volume on a weekly basis. So that, uh, with Land- even with Landry out, and o- if OBJ comes back, I- it's I I can't play OBJ, and I don't want to play these tight ends after you know after kind of talking through it. It's just gross. The, the Cleveland situation is just bad. Yeah. Um, it, they just had, like I said, they just haven't had to throw the ball. I mean, they're they're averaging twenty four and a half pass plays per game, but with that, Njoku has a seventeen percent target share because of mm-hmm. it, and he has uh, uh he's he's actually has a fifty percent targets per route run, which is uh crazy. But regardless, um, so yeah, I mean, I just think it's kind of thin at tight end. Uh, there's nobody else that I'm, I'm like overly excited about. Like, I think you could play Gesicki if you wanted to. Gesicki is running a lot of routes. He's top 10 in routes run. But now with Will Fuller back, how does that affect that? I do think Evan Ingram is a little bit interesting at only 3,600. That's a lot cheaper than what he normally would come in at against Atlanta. It's a really good matchup. And how does that affect Sterling Shepard moving forward? We'll have to see on that. But I don't mind Evan Ingram at that price tag at $3,600. But Mainly, I'm going to try to pay up to one of these top guys, you know, and it's going to probably going to be a lot of Hawkinson at 5,200, which makes it pretty easy to get to him. So that's that's pretty much where I would stand there. So let's just, unless you have another tight end you want to talk about, I say let's move over to defense. No, yeah, let's move over. I was just going to say I like the Hawkinson, Marquise Brown mini stack in that game. Yeah, I don't mind that. So defensively, what are we looking at? What are we looking for here? I don't actually mind the Bengals at twenty one hundred dollars. Oh, I don't um, either. Like Big Ben is known to make some questionable decisions when he's moving around the pocket. They're going to be out with the, with the out without Deontay. I so I just don't really mind you know playing them at twenty one hundred dollars. I mean, it's pretty much the bare minimum, and um, I just don't have much faith in that Pittsburgh offense. Their offensive line is absolutely horrendous, and so. I don't mind playing the Bengals at $2,100. And I think that's really where I'm going to start. It feels a lot like the Cardinals uh, in week one where yep. they were, I think, at the same price at $2,100. Yep. Nobody played them, and they went off. So I kind of like the Bengals at $2,100. I think I'm just going to start my teams with Bengals $2,100 and just go from there. Yeah, because I mean, I as- like I don't see it. Like uh, you and I both, we we both like to pay down, and it's got all the makings of, of what you look for in a defense anyway. So why not just play them? That's where I'm at. And like just even the 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 defenses that are that are like much more expensive. Like there's nobody this week. I guess you can make a case for the Broncos because of Zach Wilson and how much he's turned the ball over. But man, paying forty three hundred dollars for a defense is really tough. And it would just have to happen happen out that way that I had a team that had that kind of money left over because I'm not actively looking to play the Broncos. It would only happen if it just naturally happened in a lineup that I was building that I would ever want to think about playing them. It is a great matchup for them, 
But you know, at forty three hundred dollars, you know that that is pretty hefty to play. Why not just play the one that's twenty one hundred dollars? And variance, yeah. as we know, with defense is so wide. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking we get to the team build and we just start the team with the Bengals defense. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, we are <laughs> we we are uh, you know moving on to the, the the roster build portion of the show that we do every week. I. For I was an idiot and forgot to save the lineup last week, and but I feel like that lineup did really well. If I because we had it, did, it had a couple of duds in it because I I remember trying to look like piece together who was in it, but yeah, I mean we we stacked Minnesota with we had Osborne, uh, Justin Jefferson had an okay game. Um, oh yeah, I, guess, I think we, we had, had Hopkins, Hopkins too, and I don't yeah, think and Hopkins had an okay game. He was like fifteen points or something. So I mean, it, we had some good pieces, but the team as a whole wasn't. I don't think it was like taking it would have. T- cash deep in tournaments or anything well i'm definitely going to save this one this week there's no concern there so <laughs> let, so let's start it off this is the week three build we already got the bangles at 2100 love that so where are we going well just go ahead you can go next because i think i would have went the same way let's let's go cheap again let's go trevor lawrence at qb actually scratch that let's go josh allen at qb Okay, so we got Josh Allen, a quarterback. For the we're gonna, if we're going to play Josh Allen, I'm just going to go ahead and stick in Stephon Diggs. And throw uh, throw Sanders in there, too. And we'll double stack him. I think they both can have a big week. All right. Well, I think, I think it's a lock one of them has a big week. And so even if Josh Allen gets you production on the ground, that – it's not going to hurt you if one of them smashes. And even if it's not Diggs, Diggs will still get you 15 if he doesn't like smash, smash. But you would have 4,200 Emmanuel Sanders that nobody else would have if he crushes in place of Diggs. So I just like double stacking them there. Okay. Let's go running back. I'm going to lock in Austin Eckler, 7,200. All right. And I will say, too, with the, the Bills, I don't think you need to force in a run back because their offense is pretty concentrated and – they just throw so much, so um, I don't think I'm going to force in a, a Washington run back on the other side. So we got Eckler. Let's mini stack that game and hope it kind of underwhelms a little bit, and let's throw in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All right, so that leaves with $5,700 left. We have a wide receiver tight end and flex. Ooh, I'm, I'm liking where this is going. I'm going to go Hawkinson. So that leaves fifty nine hundred for wide receiver and flex. I'm gonna mini stack him with Marquise Brown. I'm seeing some Odell love in the chat. You're not playing OBJ this week, are you? Like I said, I think he's in play at his price. I mean, he's what fifty three hundred, fifty two or fifty three? Yeah, yeah, fifty three. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mind that price tag for him, and um, I think he could see a pretty heavy heavy target share. So that leaves sixty three hundred dollars at the flex. Come on, I know you want to do it. There's one guy right around there. It looks really good. I really, I really like this team. This I might actually end up making this one of my main teams. It's got to be Chris Godwin. It's Chris Godwin. Yeah, sixty one hundred. You got to go there. Get that late night hammer. Well, I mean, there you have it. The team's awesome. It's low owned across the board, pretty much, and it's got good correlations. You've got a mini stack with the the two running backs and KC and the Chargers, and you've got a mini stack with Detroit, Baltimore. 
So, Josh Allen, a quarterback, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back, Stephon Diggs, Manny Sanders, Marquise Brown, TJ Hawkinson, Chris Godwin, and the Bengals. Defense at $2,100. So, I am locking that in. So, And if we, we happen to have to make any changes, be sure to be in the Discord uh, we have, we actually have our own, we have a Discord, and I know we used to be on Slack, but this year we switched over to Discord. I don't know if we brought that up um, on the uh, I don't know if I brought that up on on one of our shows yet, but we are on Discord. It's absolutely free. Uh, if you want to join, just go to one of our, go to our YouTube channel. Go to the uh, it's in the description of every one of our videos. It doesn't matter which video it is. There's a description. There's a link to our Discord, and it is pretty much popping all the time in there. Right. Like I've had to have my phone. I used to have my um, I used to have my um, my 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 notifications on. Now um, I have them on, but the vibration is off because my phone just is constantly going off because we have channels for player props. We have channels for our DFS channel. We have redraft. We have dynasty. We have Debbie. So there's constantly different conversations going on. All of them. So it's been it's been really cool to see it really grow and kind of take off and really I mean we're just getting started with it we just we just launched it like three or three or four weeks ago so that that has been doing really well there plus we just hit two thousand subs on our YouTube channel so it's good to see that hard work pay off so if you're listening to this on podcast which I know you are I've seen the numbers we're doing really well there as well come over and hang out with us in, in the Discord we can talk about some DFS have any questions you know we'll 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 be there to answer them all day. Probably, you know, whenever you need it, but definitely on Sunday morning, we'll definitely be there to be able to answer any questions you may have. Yeah, but, absolutely. And and if you're like Shay and you're, you're, you know, you're just finding out about, about us, make sure you hit that like, hit that subscribe. That helps us out. Uh, and tell your friends, you know, there's all there's always room for more. So uh, the the Discord is always popping. Uh, Walido is always in there answering questions uh, for us, you know, during the day, you know, it, when we're not as active. But uh Somebody's always in there talking football, which is great. It's good to see. Absolutely, and that's what that's what we're there for. That's what we're trying to do. That's what uh, the whole plan with it was was to grow it into where it's more of a community, and that's what yep. been my goal from the beginning is is to build a strong community. So that is true, Shay. Why would I tell people I'm trying to beat? There you go. <laughs> that, that 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 is for sure. So, anyways, with that being said, let's uh, let's get out of here on that. I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Be sure to rate and review if you have it, and we will see you in the Discord. Hope everybody has a great week three. Let's win that money. We out. You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man
Wanna me to be someone else? 